Do her relations, she was at last doing what she had always wanted to do, but had rigidly, for various reasons, stringently controlled. She was drinking the unlimited amount of alcohol she had longed for. She was, she supposed, but without rancor or regret, drinking herself to death. The list Stuart Font had made read, Ms. Alwyn Curtis, flat six, Girls, don't know names, flat five, Dr. and Mrs. Constantine, flat four, Marius something, don't know other name, flat three, Ms. Rose Preston Jones, flat two, me, flat one. This last entry he crossed out, as it was unnecessary to invite himself to his own housewarming party. The flat he had moved into in October was still unfurnished but for three mirrors, a king-size bed in the bedroom, and a three-seater sofa in the living room. Remembering to take his key with him, he had twice forgotten his key, and had to hunt for and eventually find the porter or caretaker, whatever he called himself, he went out into the hallway to check on names and flat numbers on residents' pigeonholes. The girls at flat five appeared to be called Noor Latif, Molly Flint, and Sophie Longwich, and the man on his own at flat three, Marius Potter, that was everyone documented. Stuart added the names to his list, went into the kitchen, and made himself a mug of hot chocolate, a drink of which he was particularly fond. He was realising, not for the first time, that though he was twenty-five, he had serious gaps in his knowledge of social usage, a deficiency due to his having lived at home with his parents all his life. He was thinking how pleasant it would be if he could have his mother living here, but his mother changed, different, tailored, as it were, to his requirements. But if she became this person, she wouldn't be his mother. He was thinking of this, finishing his drink, when she phoned. "'How are you, darling? Have a nice weekend?' Stuart said it was all right. In fact, it had been spectacularly good, since he had spent most of Saturday and part of Sunday afternoon in bed with Claudia, but he couldn't even hint at that. "'I've been thinking that don't you think you ought to get a job?' I mean, I know you said when you came into Auntie Helen's money that you'd take a gap year, but a gap year's what people take between school and university. I wonder if you didn't know that. I haven't got time to get a job, he said. I've got to buy some furniture, and I only spent half what she left me on this place. I've got plenty of money. He held the phone a long way from his ear. But when she had said, Are you there, Stuart? three times, he brought it back again said untruthfully that his front doorbell was ringing and he had to go. She had barely rung off when his mobile on the floor on the other side of the room began to play Nessun Dorma. Claudia. Shall I come over this afternoon? Yes, please, said Stuart. I thought you'd say that. You're going to give me a key, aren't you? I've told Freddy I'll be at my Russian class. What shall we do when you get here? Stuart asked, knowing this would provoke a long description in exciting detail. It did. He sat down on the sofa, put his feet up, and listened, enraptured. Alwyn had nothing in flat six to eat except bread and jam, so she ate that, and when she woke up from her long afternoon sleep, started on a newly opened bottle of gin. In the flat below hers, Marius Potter was sitting in an armchair that had belonged to his grandmother, reading The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire for the second time. He would finish the bit about the murder of Commodus and then go downstairs to have supper with Rose Preston Jones. The first day he moved in, they had recognised each other as kindred spirits, 
though they had nothing much in common but their vegetarianism. But something about her teased and slightly troubled him. Taking Paradise Lost from his great-uncle's bookcase, Marius once again thought how he was almost sure he recognised her from further back, a long way back, maybe three decades. Carrying the heavy volume of Milton, he went down the stairs to the ground floor. Rose, admitting him to flat two, seemed to be standing in his past, down misty eons back to his youth, when all the world was young and all the leaves were green. But he still couldn't place her. Thanks to the recession, the solicitors Crabtree, Livorno, Thwaite had less than usual to do, so Freddy Livorno had taken the afternoon off and gone home. Now he was in the living room of his pretty little house in Islington, dismantling a basket of dried flowers which stood in the centre of an occasional table. Into the now empty basket...